The following podcast is a Rotten Corpse Radio production. Make no adjustment to your dial as you are tuned in to the Ron Corpse Radio podcast, as you will hear several different times throughout this episode. Uh, this is post Comic Con uh, 2017, uh, the Rose City Comic Con to be exact. It's the fifth annual show there at the Portland Convention Center, and I had quite a time uh, with different people. Uh, did a few interviews, got a chance to chat up a lot of different things, um, and there will be more interviews to come in the later weeks, so do expect to hear way more from us um, as we are heading upward towards the stratosphere of podcast land. Anyway, um, our interview segment, this is a four-part interview interview segment uh, with four different uh, artists from the Artist Alley at uh, the Rose City Comic Con. Uh, our interview starts with artist Kyle Strom, and he is noted for quite a few different comic series. Um, if you check out his website, The Art of Kyle Strom, uh, which is actually kylestrom.com, and that's uh, Kyle spelled the usual way S T R A H M.com. And do check it out, especially check out, check out his, new, uh, his new series. It is very cool. It's very Thing-esque for those people who love the Thing. And he'll talk more about it in the interview. So why wait? Let's join him now. Hello all, this is Ryan from the Rotten Course Radio Podcast. And here on RottenCourseRadio.com. We are here at the 5th Annual Rose City Comic Con at the Portland Convention Center. And I'm here today with Kyle Strong. Um, and he has a comic that I just caught my eye right off the bat. Um, one of which was animosity. That was actually the first thing I noticed as I was walking by. And then the second being spread um, that he has on display here. Welcome, Kyle. Thank you. Uh, so, you notice animosity, you notice spread. Uh, animosity, I... I didn't create animosity, but I did some of the um, the covers for uh, retailers through Aftershock. Did a few of those, and Spread is the book I've been working on for the last few years. It's published through Image. Uh, we're up to issue 21. We've got four volumes out. The next issue, 22, will be out in a couple of weeks. Uh, Justin Jordan writes that, and I drew the first two volumes. John Bivens draws it now, okay. and he's here as well. You should go talk to him, too. Okay. And uh, Felipe Silverero colors it, and uh, it's a lot of fun. And uh, I know we talked briefly right before we recorded about the about the Spread series. Could you give sure. us a little, bit, a little brief on that? Yeah, so Spread is uh, science fiction, horror. It's pretty gory. But in a like 1980s practical effects 
kind of way. Yeah. Uh, I always really enjoyed the old movies that I, you can laugh at how absurd the gore is, like Evil Dead 2, you know, oh. uh, that kind of stuff, The Thing. Uh, the book is kind of like Lone Wolf and Cub meets The Thing. If The Thing won and took over the Earth, and so the spread has taken over a lot of the Earth, and uh, some doctors have engineered a weapon to kill it that they encode in this baby's DNA, but they they all get killed before the book starts, and the main character, who's named Mo, he finds the baby, and he's got to keep it safe from all kinds of threats, monsters, cannibals, all sorts of things. So when you say, uh, so it, it's a, basically just two against the world, right? Yeah. Well, at the, at the start, uh, as it goes on, there are more and more characters who come in, and, you know, some of them are good, some of them are bad, some of them are pretty nebulous. Course, yeah, you expect in a post-apocalyptic world, you know, where everything is going awry and you're and whatever this is, it's just destroying and eating everybody inside, yeah. you know, like you gotta imagine at some point, you know, like you keep it's hard to stay positive, you know, throughout that. And, you know, we've seen that in many others, like sure, you know, I mean anything from like Mad Max, The Walking Dead, I mean the list goes on and on and on. But um, are there any subtle differences in the way that a lot of um, a lot of characters approach our hero and the baby in this series? Subtle differences from um, I mean, just from from any other series. Like we'll just take The Walking Dead for example, since it's a pretty popular series. Sure. Well, I feel like uh, The Walking Dead is pretty based in uh, reality. I mean, yeah. of course. It's absurd in some ways. But, of course, yeah. But uh, the characters I design and the way that I like to draw them, I I just like to make it over the top so it's not yeah. quite as serious. And as far as very subtle ways, uh, I mean, that's hard to pin down without talking about specifically about the other characters. But, um, but it's... I laugh a lot while I'm drawing it. Of course. I try yeah. to make myself laugh. I think it has a good sense of humor, which I think helps offset the the grim uh, the grim themes you're talking about. Oh yeah. Um, because I don't want to make a horror book that's just depressing. Falls to the wall series. I didn't. I, I went and saw the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake. And I just felt gross because it was so yeah. just nasty. Uh, I like I either like horror that's more like suspense, or I like horror that is fun. Yeah, it makes me so more of a fan. So more of a fan of Texas Chainsaw 2, not as much of the remake series. Right. Well, the original, of course. Yeah. And then two, I. I would never say that's a great film, but yeah. <laughs> I enjoy watching it a lot. I, I wish to throw that out there because it's the perfect combination of like splatter gore, just, you know, scare like pop scares and like, um, but comedy at the same time. Yeah, like uh, a nightmare, on a, not nightmare. Uh, Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah. Jason lives, number six, where he comes back, and they just realized that they could make like everybody knows what Jason is. So yeah. Now we can make fun of it. Yeah. Uh, I enjoy that a lot. Speed walks and <laughs> just kind of the. I think the. I think overall in this in any horror series, you know, if you can if you can get away with like you know having a good time, getting the audience nice and relaxed, and just kind of punching them, 
you know, from out of nowhere, with, like, you know, really good scare scene, or, like, sure. or just really good violence all around. You know, I, f I feel like that overall just kind of captivates the audience and keeps them locked in. And so much from what I've heard so far, that's exactly what this series is. Yeah, I don't want people to think, this is horrible, I don't want to read this. You know, you want them to keep reading. But, all right, so um, in closing, uh, do you have any, like, specific, um, like, artists or um, other uh, illust you know, like illustrators that you've been, like, uh, inspired by to make this series? Um, well, everything that I've drawn is inspired by a lot of different artists. Uh, and it changes as time goes on. Oh, yeah. Um, this particular book... Well, I like Richard Corbin a lot. Are you familiar with Corbin? He did a lot of horror stuff, um, like Simon Bisley a lot. Uh, and of course, Lone Wolf and Cub. We took a lot from that. And John Carpenter, thing. And Sam Raimi's movies, like Drag Me to Hell, all the constantly being covered in <laughs> nasty stuff. Uh, I, think, I think Drag Me to Hell gets a bad rap just because it was PG. <laughs> yeah? Well, I enjoyed it. It was PG? That's yeah, it's PG-13. Oh, okay. No, not PG. <laughs> flat out. <laughs> PG seems to be like a, like a really bad word when it comes to horror films. Because, like, you see a movie that comes out and it's PG, you're automatically going to think, all right, what am I not going to see in this movie? Well, I feel like that movie was scarier than... A lot of movies that are just boring. Yeah. That movie was tense. Very tense. It was basically Evil Dead without all the... Yeah, yeah. Without the splatter. But I, I love this. You know, I loved it as a series, too. That's good to hear. I haven't seen that yet. I've got it. have it all. I've seen the watch of it. The new... The TV show. Oh, the TV show. Oh, man. <laughs> okay, so... Any hardcore exaggeration of every single bit of Sam Raimi's work is culminated in this one series, and you'll get more out of one single episode of Ash vs. Evil Dead than any of his movies. Yeah. <laughs> I really think so. And they're only like half-hour bits, you know? They're not even that long. Sure. I need to watch that. Yeah. All right, well, Kyle, it's been a pleasure. Yeah, thank you. I really enjoyed this talk, and... Do you have any social media or anywhere we can find you? Sure, I'm on Instagram as KyleStrom underscore art. I'm on Twitter as KStrom. And I'm on Facebook, of course. Uh, you can check out my website, but I post on Instagram often. Yeah. And I post about uh, new books I have coming out. I post about new variants and all sorts of things. And previews of what I'm doing. Right on, right on. We much appreciate this. Thank and you. Have yourself a good rest of the day here at the Rose City Comic Con. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for continuing to listen. And next up in our interview segments, uh, we have the two editors uh, behind Tabula Item, a queer tarot and comic anthology. Um, this was edited by Iris J and Hi M. Now that's uh, Hi spelled H Y E, and then her uh, last initial M. Now, we did this, and I'll have to say this right off the top. This is a really cool and very different way of approaching not only a comic anthology, 
but just approaching tarot, you know, as is. And they talk more about that in the episode, so let's go to them right now. Thank you once again for joining me here on the Rotten Corpse Radio Podcast. This is Ryan. I am here at the Rose City uh, Comic Con 5th Annual, and I'm here with two very extraordinary people who have an awesome book and tarot set to actually talk about. I have Hi and Iris. So yeah, we're uh, checking out uh, Tabula Item, and tell me a little bit about this, because it's a very interesting concept from what I've heard so far, but I'd like to get some uh, very good details about this. The story probably starts with uh, High's work on their previous project, um, Pacific Arcana, which was a um, Pacific Rim-themed tarot deck. Ah. Um, they approached me at a convention in January of last year uh, asking if I wanted to help them with a much more larger project in scope uh, that involved like comics. Mm. Um, that would be like a full-size comic anthology uh, themed around the 22 major arcana. Um, and at the time, I had been doing a, I had done like a short little zine about tarot, so yeah. I had just sort of dipped my toes into the whole um, arcane card divination thing. But um, yeah, it's been it's been a really wild ride since then. Yeah, and it's been really uh, interesting dipping my toes into like the full-on comics editing because I've done you know book production, uh, graphic consultation, you know okay. assembly of books in the past and. Combining that with before Pacific Arcana was just a 78 card and a companion book, pairing everything so that it flowed together from a story into the culmination of that tarot image was a really unique approach there because this was just building your stories up from the ground up, whereas you know you had a little bit of you had a whole movie to base everything off of. This was like right. yeah. seeing everybody's pitches and ideas and how they saw the cards in general. Which varied a lot. There were a lot of, it was really, it was more difficult than previous anthology projects I've been involved in because we couldn't just take the best submissions we had. We had to also snap those into the right uh, cards that we were doing for them. You you can only have one story per card. Um, And we had to switch some people around. We had to like have some people do one thing and some do another. And we had some really great stories that we unfortunately just didn't have room in the book for, which sucked. But... I'm really happy with the final project. I feel like because there's already sort of a narrative that's in the Major Arcana, the book really reads like a mixtape. Even though there's a wide variety of styles, genres, and artists, um, you really get a sense of each story flowing into the next, which can be, um, in other anthologies, I find like a reading experience front to back can sometimes be kind of jarring. Stories kind of ping pong all over the place. I tried not, we tried not to have that with this book, and I feel like we really succeeded. Nice. So, um, along with the book, of course, there's a companion deck that goes with, and tell us a little bit about a couple, a few of the stories that are within, that are, without giving too many deeds out. Yeah, so for instance, like we said, we have a wide variety of different genres. Some of them are slice of life, fantasy, science fiction. Um, One of the more poignant, um, you know, all of them are poignant definitely in their own way, but some of them are very interesting that the way the creators looked at the story. Like for instance, um, the hanged man is typically associated with, you know, flipping perspectives and kind of looking at things in a new and different way. In our tabula item deck, it's called the hang one. And it focuses on uh, two young witches living in a gentrifying neighborhood and how they're coming to terms with that in their relationship and how they look at what, you know, this the place that they've grown up in. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So. Um, and we had a lot of really creative interpretations. Yes. Like, I like um, for uh, Judgment, or I think we went with Adjustment in the book. Um, the Aeon for Judgment. 
No, the oh, justice. Oh, Sorry, justice. Yeah. Justice, okay. was, justice is usually something that's thought about as like sort of a Law and Order card. But yeah. we had a we had a story about arc thieves done for that one, which was really really good. Hmm. Um, the one for Temperance uh, is a story about uh, 1920s gangsters who can shoot lightning out of their hands, which is like fantastic. Just because they can. No. Specific no. Yeah. Reason, yeah. Just yeah. Lightning and smoke. Okay. Yeah, the one for Judgment is really good, too, the, the Aeon, which is uh, about a trumpeter and a girl who's prone to spontaneous combustion. Um, oh. It's really, really good. Uh, I'm, uh, I, we really aim to get, like, to show, like, even though, like, you'd think there would just be kind of one flavor of story, we really try to get as many different types of people in here as possible. Um, because, like, that's the other kind of issue I have with a lot of anthologies is that sometimes they're curated to the point where a lot of the stories look kind of the same. Mm -hmm. We really super didn't want that to happen with this, and I feel like we really assembled an all-star cast of creators. And that's really cool, too, because yeah. like, it almost gives you that, because I mean, you said that every story is written by different people. Yeah, yeah, the one for the lovers I really like, too, because my husband drew it, yeah. but also because it's, um, <laughs> it's inspired by... Um, the uh, Mississippi River Basin Model Project, which yeah. was a project in the 40s to build a scale model of the Mississippi River Basin so they mm. could accurately predict floods better. Um, it's about two scientists who work on that, and they're gay, and one of them's leaving for New York. So it's kind of sad. It's really bittersweet, but it's really, really good. And it's, mm. an, it's a refreshing take on the lovers part, whereas most people have this, you know, instantaneous, you hear something like yeah. the lovers, and it's... Mm, really mushy. Sweet yeah. passion. This one is, it definitely gets back to the root of the card, and which goes into, you know, finding a balance between codependency in a relationship, whether it be with family or your significant other, friends, family, learning what's a healthy balance between codependency versus having your own independence to form that person who also gives back to the other person in the relationship. Nice. Yeah. So. Wow, that was definitely so much to this, and you really have to check it out to, um, to get everything, you know, full on. And 22 uh, stories uh, all together, and check this out. And do you ha have any social media we can check out? Ah, uh, yeah. We We're... do. Uh, the Tabula Item itself has a um, at Tabula Item Tarot, all one word on Twitter. We also have tabulaitementology.com. Our own personal URLs is I'm Exploding High, H Y E, on Twitter. <laughs> I'm Iris J Comics on most social media, and my website is irisj.net. I also draw my own comics, including one called Crosswires about queer hackers. Uh, crosswires.irsj.net. I also do a podcast with my husband called Gutter Mouthing, which you can find at guttermouthing.com. Um, I also draw a story with him too for Slipshine called Golden Trick that you can subscribe to for, I think it's like $10 a month. Super good. Adult stuff though, no, not for kids. Ah, uh, yeah, and none of our stuff is either. So. Oh, well, good. <laughs> no children allowed. No, yeah. no. Tabula no. item is all ages though, I should add that. Yes. Um, anybody can read it. There's no cusses or anything weird in it. I okay. think there might be like a hell or an ass in it, but that's about as spicy as it gets. <laughs> it's not too bad. It's like afternoon TV nowadays. Nobody right? cares yeah. these days. It's <laughs> not fine. Really. That's, that's uh, 23, the ass. What's an ass between friends? I mean, honestly. <laughs> hey, if they're all consenting ass, why Yeah. Not? <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, thank you very much for joining us. Thank, thank you. you. Really appreciate it. Thank you for continuing to listen as our wheel of interviews continues to roll forward at this year's Rose City Comic Con. Before we get to the next interview, I want to say that there are a lot of really cool people that I got a chance to talk to that we didn't actually get a chance to interview. We did get some uh, 
you know, we did get some uh, contact information, so those interviews will be coming later. Uh, and there are people that were just so awesome, and I really wanted to give a lot of them a shout-out, and we'll do so on our website when we actually post about Comic-Con. But this next guy, he was such a really awesome dude to talk to, and he talks about one of his uh, series. This is Tony Parker, The Art of Tony Parker. And I want to say that if uh, if you haven't seen any of his work yet, I mean, he's done quite a bit of stuff. And a lot of his work is really just, it can be very mesmerizing and very in-depth and very detailed. If you check out his uh, website, which is TonyParkerArt.com, uh, and he's also got some pretty simplistic stuff too. It's also really eye-catching. So, and you know, he you can order stuff. Uh, he he does commissions. He also has a portfolio of uh, other things that he has done for um, for different uh, people, different series. He's even done uh, do androids dream of electric sheep. Which, if anybody knows, that's Blade Runner. Come on. <laughs> so uh, check out his work. It's very cool. And now here's the interview with Tony Parker. Let's go ahead and intro this. Hey, welcome back to the Rotten Corpse Radio Podcast. This is Ryan here at the fifth annual Rose City Comic Con at the Portland Convention Center. And I am here with Tony Parker. Hey, what's up, Tony? Doing well. How are you doing today? Dude, I am terrible on names. So Don't I worry about it. It's we're good. Everything's cool. <laughs> I know my name, so I'm I'm good with that. Oh yeah. So um, so we're here checking out some of your work today, and uh, I've noticed, uh, of course, you have a new series out uh, called Mayday. Mm-hmm. And would you like to give us a little bit about that? So that's a beautiful, simple one. It's about sexy young Russian spies in Southern California in 1971. Mm-hmm. It's not a James Bond style book. It's much more about a hard um, a hard spy book where it's all about the actual the interpersonal dynamics and a lot of the sex and the drugs and the violence that occur within, well, being a spy in real life. Where it's, it's, there's a lot of politics involved. It's not about just kind of like romancing people on the Riviera. It's all about having to deal, knowing that you are dispensable and you can't trust anyone even on your own side. Now, would it be like government spy or like... Uh, government spy. Oh, okay. So KGB, CIA, all those things. And so they're, they're young KGB agents. Basically anything that... In the early 70s. So anything that would go into anything hardcore, uh, just kind of related to anything espionage-wise, you know, like... Mm-hmm. More, more of factual stuff where we go... There's a lot... Alex did camping, did a wonderful job writing, did a beautiful job of doing the research for... Um, the technical research as well. Nice. So she was actually able to go through and explain, like, and show where all the different um, actual spy techniques were being used. And so she was um, just able to do a wonderful, I mean, made the research on my side so much easier because she'd say, oh, here's a spy book, here's what they look like, here's what it is. And so yeah, and it's, it's a wonderful, um, very, um, very graphic, it is not for children, but it's not porn. But there's a lot, there's sex, there's drugs, there is a lot of violence, but it's all realistic violence. It's not the movie violence where you get shot in the arm, you kind of walk it off and once away. It's, there are actual repercussions for all the violence that occurs. And also at your table, I've noticed that um, you have Rick PD. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, you were talking that, about that you were working on the second series. Correct? We did um, R.I.P.D., which was a movie that came out a couple of years ago. It was initially um, based off of a comic book from Dark Horse Comics. Oh, okay. And so as we was coming out in conjunction with it, we did a second series. Because that wasn't part of the first thing, but part of the second team for it. Where we take one of the characters and we kind of expand upon those characters. Take the characters and we expand upon them. We show 
how they got to meet. Oh, nice. And it's a wonderful little story within that, and um, the book did well. Um, everyone that read the book loved the book, but since the movie did not as well as expected, yeah, we, um, I really kind of put um, put all that on hiatus. So maybe some down, down the road we'd love to revisit it, but at this stage it's back in the um, back back in the fridge for a little while, keep it fresh. Yeah, yeah. No, the movie. I mean, I love the movie. Okay. I mean, honestly, I've, yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, overall, it was a fun trip. Mm -hmm. It was kind of very reminiscent of, you know, like uh, Men in Black. Exactly. Or, but with a little bit different edge to it. Yes. Also kind of felt like Ghost Rider a little bit with Nicolas Cage, but better. <laughs> Not quite. I wasn't really a big fan of the Ghost Rider yeah. for myself. But, uh, but in addition to that, we also have uh, This Damn Band. This Damn Band. That's another one. Uh, Mayday's creator own between Alex DeCampi and I. And the other one is this damn band between um, Paul Cornell and I. And th the premise of it is the year is 1974. The biggest rock band in the world, Mother Father, say they get their popularity from praising the devil. Much to the horror, <laughs> they finally actually do get their popularity from praising the devil. So it's nice. a horror comedy, um, rock and roll documentary book, much like This Is Final Tap Meets The Exorcist. Nice. And so um, I did the artwork. We got amazing colors, Laverne Kinzierski to do the color for it. And Oh, I'm sorry, Blonde did the color for Mayday, a beautiful job with that as well. And um, it was written by Paul Cornell, who was a writer for Doctor Who, as well as uh, Doctor Who, both the comic and the TV show. And oh, wow. so it's got great wry British humor to it, so it fits in with the whole theme with that. But it's a lot, it was um, more of a PG book, so it's a lot of fun. There's a few things you gotta explain to your uh, kids if you have them, but nothing, not near as much as Mayday. Nice. Now, did they stumble upon this um, wicked contract signing, you know, just being duped or did they accidentally kill somebody or <laughs> that you have to read to find out it's probably nice. that's, that's a big tenant of the story so i don't want to give anything away <laughs> I mean, it's like partly through it i hate to spoil it for them fair enough fair enough well it was incredible to have you on today and thank you social media where can we find you you can find me uh, my website is barely visited by me but it's tonyparkerart.com but my instagram is please peek through my Instagram is Tony Parker Art One. My Facebook is Tony Parker Art, and my Twitter is almost all political ranting. So we'll stay away from that. So, <laughs> yeah, I think that's where a lot of people's Twitters are going nowadays. <laughs> Pretty much. All right. It was definitely a pleasure, and have a good rest of your day. And looks Thank like you. We're starting to get busier on stage. Enjoy the show. Have fun out there. All Thanks right. for dropping by. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for continuing to hang in there as we roll forward with our interview segments uh, from this year's Rose City Comic Con uh, 2017. It's the fifth annual show here at the Portland Convention Center. Uh, this next interview is with artist Ibrahim Mustafa, which I have to say that, okay, first off, he's local He's local to Oregon, so um, he may not, I don't know if he's from here or not, but he does hail from the Portland area. Uh, we actually know some of the same people, which is kind of neat. And we actually had a really good talk about not only his work, but other like interests as well. So, uh, and hopefully you stick around to actually hear all about that. So without any further ado, here's Ibrahim Mustafa. Welcome one, welcome all. Back to another edition of the Rotten Corpse Entertainment Podcast, only on RottenCorpseRadio.com. Of course, my name is Ryan and I'm here at the 2017 uh, Rose City Comic Con. All right, and, I'm, and today I'm joined by Ibrahim Mustafa. Hello. Who is the man behind Savage Things, which is on his display right now. Yes, sir. Or one of them, anyway. Um, 
this looks like a three three people team and tell us a little bit about savage things is it yeah, it looks so really interesting. It's an eight-issue uh, series from Vertigo. Uh, issue seven just dropped, so eight is on its way. Uh, and then I believe it's collected and traded in January. Um, and it's about, it's essentially a story about what if the government kidnapped a group of children who were like young Dexters yeah. and turned them into Jason Bourne. Um, and sort of the, the perils of doing that and... Uh, the, the fallout of it going wrong. Yeah. Um, so it's a, you know it's a lot about human emotions and um, you know just kind of our, our core instincts is who we are and, and how that all comes into play when you're dealing with trained sociopaths. Oh, you're fine, man. Any questions? Let me know. We got a pause button, so we're good. Yeah. He's actually with me. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> He was, he was actually looking for me. Yeah, I do this side post. Oh, right on. Well, nice to meet you. <laughs> and welcome to the conversation. Um, yeah, and then I've got a, uh, a, a couple other things out. I've got a, did some issues of Dr. Fate recently for DC. Um, did an issue of Mockingbird for Marvel uh, about a year ago that's in trade now. And uh, I've got a James Bond one-shot coming out in November that I wrote and drew myself. Uh, that's kind of a sort of a James Bond holiday special. Nice, nice. And the James Bond one, yeah, I think we were talking about Bond earlier today, and um, there's a little shirt on your, uh, like, at your uh, table here that's basically got Adri's elbow portrayed as Bond. Diversify yes. your bonds. Diversify your bonds. <laughs> Uh, yeah, my buddy Sean Wynn, uh, who works for Things From Another World, uh, approached me last year at this show and said, hey man, I got an idea for a shirt, you gotta do it. Uh, so I went home and drew it up the next day, and uh, we got our buddy uh, Rob from shirtnerdery.com to uh, print it up for us, and uh, yeah, we've, we've had uh, a dollar from every shirt's proceeds going to benefit the uh, coalition for Communities of Color here in Portland. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, man. Well, the response has been good. People love Idris Elba, you know? Oh, yeah. No, he's... I mean, he was the no-brainer as far as, like, you know, if you were gonna... If you would pick a new James Bond to replace Daniel Craig, I definitely think he's... He's, he's like a sure thing. He would have been great, man. He would have been. Yeah, but. it's unfortunate that the timing wouldn't have worked out for him. Yeah. Uh as you know they usually like somebody who can do four or five movies over a 10-year period and yeah he's, he's you know pushing 50 so he probably although he doesn't look it and no, he probably doesn't. won't look it by the time he, he have a heart attack <laughs> yeah yeah and especially with the dark uh, him being involved with the dark tower too yeah which i haven't seen yet i hear it's good yeah i can't. i also hear it's bad so i don't know <laughs> yeah <laughs> like well because like Freaking awesome. Yeah. Crack, were they smoking? I just, you know, I'm just in it for a good, you know, two hour bit of escapism. So if it does that for me, it's a, it's a, it's a thumbs up as far as I'm concerned. Nice. All right. Well, it has been lovely talking to you today. Yeah. Thank you for having and me. I normally don't use words like lovely, but I'm going to use that right now. <laughs> I'll take it. It's a first. I'm rubbing off. It's because, it's because Jamie is here from the sci fi, so. Um, 
I'm gonna say love it. He's been he's been hitting on me all day. I don't know why. Oh come on, you're a big handsome man with a lot of <laughs> <laughs> take a lot of hugging and loving to make it all the way around. Of course. <laughs> I like that should be the new tagline, hugging and loving. Hugging and loving. <laughs> That'd be a really weird one to close with. Um, and where can we find you on social media? Uh, I'm on Twitter at Ibrahim underscore M underscore. That's I-B-R-A-H-I-M. Um, and then my website is linked on there, so you can check out that. I've got a link on there also to... I did a, a print series of all 24 Bond movies. Oh, nice. Uh, and that goes so, with your love of Bond right there. Right. So that's all available uh, via a website, called, a website called Redbubble, which is linked to my store as well. Uh, so, yeah, you can check all that out online. And just to piss off Stavropocracy, tell us who your favorite Bond is. <laughs> my personal favorite Bond is Timothy Dalton. Oh. I, I think he was completely underrated, and uh, I think his movies are much better than they're given credit for. And I think Living Daylights is in the top five best Bond movies. It is, I think, yeah. I think there was a... Yeah, most of the tops, I think, were like uh, Sean movies. Maybe one of them was the Daniel Craig, I think. I feel like Casino Royale and... Um, honestly, all of the Craig movies. Spectre was a, you know, a little iffy, but Quantum of Solace is another good one that yeah. I think people don't give uh, enough credit to. Oh, I know. Yeah, that was actually my favorite of the Yeah, of I think the it's really Craig. strong. I like the stuff that's, you know, more in line with the... the novels, and I feel like that one and The Living Daylights have that vibe a little bit. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, Quantum Solace is definitely like a Fleming plot, so Sweet. I think they did a good job with it. Yeah, no, I do too. Yeah. So suck it, Steve! <laughs> yeah, Steve. Jesus. I'm sorry, Steve. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure he's a nice man. No, he actually isn't. <laughs> he's a horrible person. <laughs> Alright, well, thank you very much. Thank you. And that is it for our interview segments today. Thank you for tuning in and checking out all these wonderful artists. Um, hopefully you'll be checking out some of their work. We've also posted links to all their different works uh, so you can uh, see those more in depth. And give a shout out to all these people on social media as well because they do they did such an awesome job with a lot of the work that they do have. And I have personally invested in all of their works. So, uh, so whether or not I have... Uh, given them money straightforward or have contributed to Patreons or, I mean, these people are all just really awesome. And I want to take the time to kind of shut, you know, to kind of put a spotlight on these people and to kind of help project their work. And, you know, we are a small platform, but as we do continue to grow, uh, with our, with our humble podcast, you know, both this show and the sci files, uh, so stay tuned as wonderful things will be coming forward. Thank you for listening.